Hello, hello, Sammy. Hey, Sazo. You just jumped over the couch. <laughs> it was a big entrance. <laughs> it was a big entrance. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're back. We're back. We we're are. back for our twice yearly. Twice yearly podcast. No, we're back. We're feeling really good. It has been, yeah, I feel like it's been a, a really good couple of weeks. We had so much fun in Portugal. It We've has, had yeah. lots of fun little trips over the last week. Yeah. Where, Where did we, we go? Been? We we celebrated our fourteen year anniversary from when 14. Sammy first asked me out back on St Kilda Pier in Melbourne. Fourteen years together. Fourteen of the best. So special. So we went to our favourite hotel in Paris, Chateau Voltaire, and then we went to Lulu for dinner. Yeah, it was super nice. It was so nice. And then just before that, uh, we went to Saint Tropez with Colt Gaia. Which was very, very special and very surreal being back there. We hadn't been back there since before the boys. Yeah. And we stayed in Cannes and that was the very first night that we've done without the boys. So just the two of us. It was sort of, it was a very strange feeling. Like I couldn't really relax. It was so weird, wasn't it? I felt really nervous at points and then you were fine. Yeah. And then you would be really yeah. nervous and I'd be fine. It was strange. I think because I'd done Copenhagen, Milan, London by myself, but I knew that you were home with the boys. Mm. But this is the first time that neither of us were with the boys and we just miss them. Yeah. Really? Genuinely, you miss the chaos. You, just, you do. Playing. You miss the chaos. You've just got too much time. <laughs> what do you do with all this silence? No one's interrupting <laughs> you. And then the next morning, I did really relax. We woke up in Cannes. We had a nice walk along the beach, and we had a really slow brekkie, like a genuine slow brekkie, and jumped in the ocean, and then did some last-minute shopping, and then jumped on a plane home. So that was really fun. And then most recently, we just went to London again for one night. Um, I went to a brekkie with Ferragamo, which was very special, and yeah, that was at Dover Street Market. Yeah, what were they celebrating, launching? They were launching for winter, mm-hmm. which I think is actually my favourite collection, my favourite season. season for fashion, just because I love layering sort of almost like before like it gets really really cold yeah but you can just wear a trench coat and a leather jacket and pants again and like layer it up a little bit and really really inspiring and julia hobbs who is the senior fashion director for british vogue was there hosting and showing us through the collection and it was just it was just like one of these pinch me moments and i think it was like Mm. a really beautiful event to attend it was really small and intimate and sort of just like like leaders in the industry. It definitely wasn't an influencer type event. And it was just like, I feel like it was just this moment where I was like, I'm, I'm in the right industry. Like, yeah. I'm just so happy to be here. I'm so excited to learn. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to be. I want to push myself. Like, who knows what is possible? Like... I don't know whether it's like a, a fashion buy one day or working for a magazine or just, I don't know. I don't know, but I just feel confident talking about fashion and the pieces and yeah, Julia was really inspiring and What yeah. are some of the trends coming out of, like what are they presenting? I feel like we are sort of moving away from 
everything being super, super oversized. And I love oversized, but I feel like it just got a little bit extreme. So I feel like we're going back to showing the waist again, clean lines, sort of like a little bit of a slimmer cut for for jackets and pants. Um, Because at the moment, everything is very like slouchy and Mm. low-waisted and baggy and like cargo-esque and everything. So Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to everything feeling just a little bit more classic and elegant again. Um, yeah, but sort of like a little bit of everything with like little mini skirts and sort of like unexpected, like, um, they had this beautiful coat and then underneath were these little hot pants. (laughs) So it's still like that playfulness, that little, yeah, a little bit of unexpected and just to have fun with fashion and, oh, I'm very excited, very excited. I I don't want to wish away summer because I absolutely love summer. We have some really cool trips coming up. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be in Paris, coming home to Paris, especially from London. Paris is home. Yeah. Yeah. And remarkable how close it is on the train. Oh yeah, we caught the Eurostar. Yeah. I was surprised at how easy. It was so easy. Really easy from Paris. And then I feel like it took forever coming home from London just because of delays and like London was a lot more hectic than um leaving Paris. But it was really relaxing catching the train. What else did you do in London? What was the Oh, the highlight. <laughs> we went to, actually, so many highlights, but we went to Granger and Co. I went four times. Sammy went four times. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy went four times. How many times did I, I like, go? Jason, Two or three times. Oh, my gosh. We were just missing Oz a little bit, missing, like, just cafe culture. And Granger and Co. is Bill Granger's restaurant from Sydney. Yep. They've got, they've now got quite a few locations. They've got five in London. Yeah. And it was really, really handy because we, got the train into King's Cross St. Pancreas International and just across the road there's a Granger & Co. So, it was so perfect as soon as you, mm. I guess, land, what's, no, pull in? Arrive. Arrive. As, <laughs> as soon as you arrive, straight at Granger & Co. And then when you're sort of like waiting time before you want yeah. to board, but not board, what's the equivalent on, yeah, for the train? Boarding. In uh, check in, class. <laughs> check in <laughs> when you check in, and we just yeah hung out at Granger Co again, and um, yeah, that was definitely a highlight. And then we love Electric Cinema in Notting Hill. So if you're going to London, please go to Electric Cinema. It's really really cool. It's connected to Soho House, and but you can go as a non-member, which is yeah, you can definitely go as a non-member yep. and. What movie? There weren't many options. There was no, just they do like two at any one time. So, there's like a five o'clock session and then like a 9pm session. And I really wanted to see Barbie, but that we just missed it by yeah, a couple of days. Week, so, Sammy's like, Mission Impossible is out. <laughs> you really wanted to see it. And I'm like, I don't care. I love electric cinema so much. It's like really beautiful, comfy old armchairs and It's rest. the most comfortable cinema. It's so yeah. good. It's yeah. like the perfect temperature. It's not freezing cold. Yeah. And they serve they, food and drinks. Yeah, they bring money. burgers from next door and it's yeah. amazing. I was like, sure, let's see Mission Impossible. I don't really like action movies. Like, typically, I actually fall asleep in action <laughs> movies. I don't know if anyone else falls asleep, but I no, I do. Really. But I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved it so much that I'm like, Sammy, I need to go back and rewatch all the old Mission the Impossibles. <laughs> it was so good. I don't know if it's just the atmosphere of the cinema. Yeah. But it was more like a thriller. I feel like yeah. less action. Yeah. I don't know. It was really, really good. It is pretty cool. <laughs> Mom and Dad saw a movie. Tom Cruise. Like, I think I've, I loved his earlier stuff. Like, like Red- Top Gun. Yeah. yeah. Top Gun. Risky, Risky Business. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, and then to see him go into the Mission Impossibles, I think it's as much about like, his stunt work. Yeah. Incredible and- well, you were saying that he does that himself. Like, like he, there's a yeah. scene where he's riding a motorcycle off a cliff. And he does it. There's all this amazing YouTube footage of him. I have to it. see it. Yeah. Was it like a two meter cliff or like? No, like a proper the proper thing. No. Yeah, we'll we'll put it in the show notes because it's it's pretty epic. I need to see really. Yeah, and they've got video of the directors and stuff watching him do it, and you can tell they're like super tense because it's like, you know, oh it's my god, out. like it's incredible. it's got to be the last scene that they film, right? Yeah, but I was telling you, he was on record saying he wants to do another twenty years of. Mission Impossible, which I think is so cool. Like, he's going to be mid-70s at that point. Yeah. I think it's amazing. He is really cool. And then what else have we been up to? Portugal. Yeah. We need to talk about Portugal. Portugal was such a good little two-week holiday. Yeah. It genuinely felt like a holiday. I feel like it came at a time that we really, really needed a holiday. And we didn't have too much work on. It was really relaxing and we... Went to, oh, <laughs> we missed our flight. So, that's how our holiday started. We missed our flight. So, we woke up in Paris and it was pouring rain. And Paris, I feel like notoriously, like when it rains, nothing seems to work. We no. could not get a taxi. We couldn't get an yeah. Uber. Sammy was like running around to all the nearby hotels trying to get them to call a taxi. And then we even had our French babysitter trying to get on and, and call people on our behalf. We missed our flight. We had to book a new flight. Luckily, we could still go that day. But because our first property was, what was it, like a three-hour drive inland, maybe not that far. Yeah, I think more two, but two, Because the flight yeah. to Portugal is like two, just over two hours. Yeah. So, it became a big It was a day. big, big travel day. And Sammy and I, we were like, let's just stay in Lisbon. We yeah. know Lisbon. Let's just have a night. So, we stayed at one of the silent living properties, Santa Clara. 1728, yep. which we've stayed at before. Absolutely loved it. I think I even loved it more this time. Yeah, it's just too. beautiful. It's so peaceful and calm and there's only a handful of rooms and they just do such a beautiful breakfast. So, then we wanted to stay two nights there and we sort of like shuffled around our trip a little bit after that. But it was so unexpected, but it yeah. was so good. And then we traveled to, it's an area called Barisol, Barisol. Yeah, we've been saying Baracol, but I don't think it's... It's probably not right, but the property was Sao Lorenzo de Baracol um, inland, and so it was really, really hot. It was like 38 degrees, 40 degrees, but beautiful dry heat. It sort of reminded me of Australia, Melbourne summers. Loved it so much. It was so much bigger than I thought. There were so many things for the boys to do. They even had a little playroom. So, not necessarily a kids club where there was someone minding them, but just somewhere that we could go and they had so many toys and activities and colouring and tables and couches and just like a little escape from the heat in the middle of the day or just after brekkie when you just need something to do. So, in between like going to the pool when it was a little bit cooler and having brekkie and time back in the room, like you could just go to the playroom as well. Such a good idea. Such a good idea. Yeah. More properties should do that. And then it sort of like keeps the kids entertained yeah. and, and in all in one area as well. <laughs> and then it was so cool. They had two pools and I thought one was an adult pool and one was a like an everything pool, kiddie pool. But no, it was the other way around. Both pools were kiddie pools, but one was really, really shadow. And of shallow. course, yeah. 
Shadow. What did I say? Shadow. Shallow. Yes, it was shallow. Not shadow. No, not shadow. (laughs) (laughs) One, (laughs) I don't know why I can't talk. Um, One was really, really shallow and I loved it. I love just, just like frolicking. Yeah, you know, you're just sort of like <laughs> wading through the water. And then it was so shallow at one part that Bun Bun was just crawling around in the water happily and yeah. Atlas was happy to play. And so, yeah, not many people went to that pool anyway. No, no one. And so we felt like we had that pool to ourselves. It was such a special property. And then they did these like nights in the garden where they would cook on the barbecue. Everything was like fresh, freshly picked from the garden. The most amazing veggie. Well, it's not even a veggie patch. Like that is a proper. Veggie hectare, like acres. I don't know. Do you remember they had the little pot of prickly pears and then all of the greens? And yeah, it's amazing that they'd fully. And they took us around on the little golf buggy and they would pick things and they're picking the cucumbers and then showing Atlas. And and Atlas even got to pick a carrot like out of the ground and then feed it to the horses. Oh, yeah, we did too. Which I th- like, that's amazing. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah, we'd say good morning to the horses every morning. And then they had a fig tree and I think I cleared them out of figs. I would pick so many fig trees. It was a fig tree. And yeah, whoops, I just kept eating all of their figs. It was really, really cool. I highly recommend that, though, for either couples or families. I think yeah. It's perfect for both. Yeah. And then we went to Vermelo. Yeah. Vermelo, which we're really, really looking forward to, which was the Christian Louboutin property in Melides. I think that's yeah. how you say it, which we didn't love. Yeah. We didn't love, I think, coming from a property that was so family-friendly and also like a more established property, like the, yeah. this property had been around well, the actual structures, the buildings had been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. And then to come to a newly built property, just the flow of the property, the energy, it was still very much like uncompleted and just, yeah, just some little points for the property we didn't love. So, we actually left early. We only stayed there, what did we stay, two nights maybe? Yeah, I think Two or three, three nights. <clears throat> and then this is just it like Portugal was such a like we thought we had a plan and then we kind of just kept changing yeah. but it was totally fine and then we went to Marquis yeah which is a property that I'd had my eye on it wasn't in the center of Lisbon it was maybe half an hour away 30 minutes away further along the coast north such a cool property Praia de Grande I think it's called is it? it's the main beach yeah, yeah. Really beautiful, like, back beach, sort yeah. of, like, just a really, like... Yeah. And kind of, it's it's similar... Well, I don't even know what I'd say it's similar to, but it's like the beach meets, the world, like, the forest. Like, it's almost yeah. like a national park. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I feel like it reminds me sort of of, like, Ocean Grove. I yeah. Think a little bit with yeah, the more bit. wild beaches. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And it it didn't even feel like we were in Europe. I felt like we were in LA. It sort of had a Chateau Marmont feel, lots of vintage furniture, but it was just, it was a house and it was a Danish owner and then there were some Danish people working there and they would just cook for you. They'd cook you some little bites for dinner and they'd make brekkie and like everything was so amazing and so thoughtful. It just felt like home. Yeah. Especially after staying at a like, a, I guess, a, a luxury property. But this to us was luxury. You just felt looked yeah. after and cared for. And, you know, every little detail, 
It was just make yourself at home. And we sure did because as soon as we roll in with the boys, their couch was pulled apart and both boys are like tackling all the pillows and running through the sprinklers. Yes, Atlas and Ocean, they loved it so much. Yeah, there was a beautiful little back garden to explore and a pool, even with an old school diving board. Yeah. And then they had these two vintage cars. Had an old, I think it was a Land Rover. It was like a very early Defender, like almost like military. It was really cool. And then I think it was like a, a Benz, like a 280 SL or something, but it was under repairs. <laughs> that would. Now I get a in. And then we went in the open top one and they arranged tennis lessons for Atlas with. Frederico. It was. Yeah, like he's like still playing pro tennis. He's, yeah. he's so lovely and he was so patient with Atlas and Atlas lasted all of two minutes and then had a massive meltdown and then didn't want to do it anymore. So, Sammy just got I to play. It was so good. And then Bun Bun got to play with you and he loved it and he was having a ball. It was so much fun. I love tennis. Yeah. Instead of a soccer mom, I'll be a tennis mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the boys love tennis. Your tennis, tennis dad. Yeah. But it was really cool just to be driven in the vintage car just five, ten minutes up the road to their friend's court. Yeah, yeah, to their friend's chateau where they produce wine and had tennis and we played tennis and then we got to go back in the vintage car back Sounds to like the hotel. <laughs> it was it kind of was out of a movie. It was just really fun, really unexpected, really fun. And then we went back to Silent Living for one more night at yeah, the end. Which was amazing just to like resettle and get ready for travel yeah, again. Yeah. That calm again. It was such a good trip. It was such a special trip. Because sometimes Portugal is, like, not on people's... Radar as much. Yeah, I think, like, Italy and France and Spain and Greece, they kind of, especially in Australians. Yeah. But Portugal, I think people should... um, Portugal was amazing. The prices of Portugal as well are so good. Like, I think, what were we having, like, seven euro wine? I think your beers were, like, three euros. Yeah, it was like, it's rude not to have <laughs> <laughs> I think the beer was less than water. Yeah. It was just really reasonable. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you go to the Amalfi Coast. You feel like you're getting ripped off. Yeah. You do. Even even in Paris. Like, it, what's a Negroni? 32 euros. At the local, 30. <laughs> it's like a $50 Negroni. It's a little bit... Not a little good. bit crazy, but yeah, it was just really nice to be somewhere that you felt like you could just order food, order drinks, relax, and yeah. and enjoy. Yeah, like, genuinely a, a beautiful holiday. And it really felt like European summer. Like, yeah, I think hot. because of the weather, it was really hot. The nights were hot. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. Off the back of all that travel, where are your wish lists? How long is the wish? List? Oh, wish list! I think I'm trying to think. I'm concerned here. <laughs> Where to start? I'm like, Sammy, I've got so many wish lists. I think my number one wish list at the moment, we went into St. Laurent in Paris. And do you know, I've never tried anything on there before. Like, I've always felt really intimidated. And I feel like it's only been since living in Paris that I've even got the courage to go into these stores. Yeah. Never went in in Australia. Um and then gradually have a little bit more confidence to go in over here. And then she could see that I was like really pausing at some pieces. And she was so wonderful. She put a rack together for me of all the pieces that I'd sort of paused at. I didn't even say anything. And she put together this rack and wheels it into the change room. And I start trying things on. It was so much fun. And I tried on this beautiful 
burgundy floor length trench coat and it was just so light the fabric was so beautiful big shoulder pads and then you could tie it in at the waist very sazzle it was so cool and i'm like oh i can't i shouldn't even go into these places because how are you meant to try on any other coats or any other jackets once yeah. you've worn one from St. Laurent. So that is absolutely on my wish list. I'll just manifest, I'll just put that out there. I will manifest <laughs> this beautiful coat because I feel like you don't need, you don't need lots and lots of pieces. I feel like just investing quality and then you can keep wearing it. Yeah. Each year. And, um, I feel like as well, I can justify that I will wear it so much in Paris just because it's cold and. Yeah. Yeah, and probably what, from what September. Like price per wear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> price per wear. <laughs> What's on your wish list, Sammy? <laughs> I've definitely been tempted into this luxury world since being here as well. But I think there's two. I really want a Lama Zocca coffee machine. Yeah. I, th- I was saying to you, the boys see us work so much, but I'd love them to see us like without passions or and kind of experience that a little bit more. Coffee is definitely one that we both love. And I think it would just be fun to try different beans, make coffee ourselves, because it is. It's also so expensive per cup Yeah, in Paris. Well, a standard coffee, I get confused. I still get confused between the latte, the flat white. I think it's like a flat white here is a double shot. Yeah. A latte is maybe a single shot. With more, yeah, more milk. And a cappuccino doesn't have the chocolate on top. Yeah. I don't know. I get confused. And then often they bring out the coffee and it's like in a tall glass, like a beer glass. Like it's just, it's not, it's all wrong. But we had such good coffee at Marquis in Portugal and they were making it and the good oat milk. That you're inspired. really inspired me. Yeah. Yeah. You can just genuinely make a beautiful coffee. Make the boys a baby chino. Exactly. Make Sezzle the matcha. So, they've just introduced the linear, I think it's called linear micro, so it's like their smallest home one. So, I think that's definitely on my wish list, but not. Uh, it's not cheap either. So, it's an investment. Investment. Piece. Will you at least get the um, the cost per coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like a year's worth. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's on my wish list. And what list. else, Sammy? I've fallen in love. Well, I've, I've always followed, I can't pronounce the brand properly, Audemars. Everyone calls them AP watches. I definitely think we're saying that all wrong. <laughs> AP. I, they're a f- like actually a little family-run brand from Switzerland, and I discovered them when we were finishing my MBA in Switzerland. We were living in Zurich. I had forgotten about them kind of until living here, and there's a few vintage watch stores in our kind of similar to where we live, and they're selling some second-hand ones. And then when we went to Saint-Tropez, you stopped at a vintage watch store, oh. and I'm like, this is the... They're so cool. They're so cool because they're they're so thin, which I think is so interesting. Like a lot of luxury watches, it's all about embellishment and being mm. big and really like sitting on the wrist. Whereas I just love the classic, like you could almost wear it as a black tie dinner watch as much as a everyday watch, but um, they are very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, uh, we yeah. were talking um, that at least with a watch, you pass it down to the boys, yeah. which is really, really special. But we were also saying, like, at what point, I don't think there's any point in life where you're like, okay, now I feel like I can spend yeah. the money. And then I don't I don't know, like, maybe is it when you retire and then you treat yourself 
Yeah. But I'm like, life is short, literally. Like, wouldn't you prefer to wear it? Wear it in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, and then pass it over to the boys. Like, we were talking about this because we've dreamed about having a vintage Porsche for so long. And, you know, there's one point where you get your license taken away and you can't even drive anymore. So, yeah. you want to be able to drive it and have fun and have the kids in the back and go yeah. on adventures and... Like, is it better? I love that philosophy because you introduced me to that. You're like, why have that when you're 60 and 70 and yeah, you can't enjoy love it, it now much. with the baby yeah. car seats in the back? Yeah. Maybe that's not the safest, but no, um, I I love dream that. big, dream yeah. big now. I don't know, like have some fun now. I I know that it's definitely not possible, but with the amount that we spend on like adult things, like. The mortgage, for example, mm-hmm. and like interest mm-hmm. alone, which has absolutely been killing us back in Australia. I'm like, why not sometimes just have a little bit of fun? And like, if you wouldn't blink and you'd spend that, you know, yeah, on a, on a mortgage and a couple of months of the mortgage, like, why not? Yeah. So, and that just Each makes me. To go. <laughs> I'll go right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think being over in Paris, you just. I don't know. I feel like sometimes in Australia we really take life too seriously and you've got to do things properly and save your money. Whereas here, I feel like people just, maybe they have a lot more money. I think they But you yeah. just, I don't know, you've got this this feeling of like just life's too short, like just have fun sometimes. And yeah. still being smart, like we have investments back home, maybe more in property, yeah. but over here it might be an investment in art or an, invest, an investment in like luxury pieces such as yeah. a watch that will hold its value. Yeah. So, if for whatever reason you do need cash, yeah. you know, sell things. I think that's another thing is like just enjoy it and then if it's not bringing you joy anymore, like sell it. Like yeah. don't be afraid to sell it. Because you've been doing that a lot. Yes, I love selling things, especially with luxury bags that I feel like, I haven't gone to use, and if I haven't gone to use it over the past, how long have we been here now? Nine months. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always new things that you want, or especially my style has changed so much since being in Paris. Just, I don't know, don't be afraid. Like, don't hold on to things. This concept of it's a forever piece. What what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah, I would prefer to... Buy something of the highest quality that you can afford and genuinely wear it and love it and keep it, pass it down or sell it if it's not bringing you joy anymore. I don't know. Just just have fun. Just don't be too serious. Yeah. Love it. Go get AP. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. And this week's DM. Have you got one? Yes. I have a good DM. Uh, do you guys generally book two rooms with your bubs or do you all stay in one room together? I thought this was such a good question. Great question. Yeah. The hotels would like us to book two rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so, that made an error. <laughs> so, we still absolutely always book one room and we still only book saying two adults. Because we found as well, if you start to say kids, then it doesn't show you all the available rooms. So, instead, we mm. want to see everything available, and we always make sure to book minimum, like absolute minimum 20 square metres. Yeah. Yeah. If not more now. I feel like that was probably more the standard with just Atlas. Yeah. I think I was going to say, I think it's like a lot bigger. Yeah. And I think it depends on where you travel to because in Preano, the room was so tiny, like maybe 20, but Bun Bun was in, this is another tip, 
we always use the bathroom as sort of our second room. So one of the boys will be in the bathroom yeah. and we bring our two travel cots. What are they? The baby born yeah. travel cots. Both boys have the same travel cots and we'll always set one up in the bathroom, which really helps for oceans, naps and nighttime sleep, going to bed a little bit earlier. But in Priano, the bathroom was so small that you could barely open the door and then you had to step into the travel cot to be able to get into the shower and then vice versa. So, sometimes they're really small. But then Portugal, I feel like the bathroom was the same size as like our living room. Like it was massive. It It was really, really good. Depends where you travel to. Yeah. Sometimes we'll use the hallway as an extra little space as well. So, Bunny will be in the bathroom, Atlas will be in the hallway and then we sort of feel like we've got, you know, the the bedroom all to ourself. We'll try and book like something with at least a balcony or doors that you can open, Yeah, a little terrace, more so than the ground floor because I feel like with the boys, the ground floor is really dangerous because then you can't have the doors open because they'll just run outside or run straight into the water or a pool or something. So I think being higher up and having a balcony, obviously check that it's safe, but yeah, I feel like that's another little tip. But I think there will be a point where we do need to – book two rooms or yeah. a family room. Well, even when we went back to Santa Clara at the end, Atlas slept in the big bed, Oh, he did too. Well, I they had a pull-out couch. Yeah. He did. And he we, we had to check on him so many times and, like, he was just sliding off. I feel like he would genuinely he fall off. He was doing 360s and would fall off. Yeah. I'm getting older. I know. We've got so two quick. toddlers because... Bunny is just walking around now, not even crawling. He's just toddling around, he's being super just cute. Annoying his brother. He just <laughs> loves annoying his brother. I feel like he's starting to get into that like destructo phase where he's just like banging on everything and <laughs> making a mess for the sake of it. And Atlas is now like entering his calm phase. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, but they're really, really gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Quickly, I know that's like almost a cliche with kids, like how quickly time. Yeah. Blocks feel, but I I do. I feel like with Ocean now walking, Atlas properly sleeping in a big bed, going to school in a few oh, weeks. Oh, yes, school. It's, um, it's all happening really quick. School has been a tricky one because they start school in France. It's mandatory from three. So, he turned three in February and we've sort of gotten away with an extra six months. Um, So, he'll start in September at three and a half. But we want to put him in a bilingual international school, mm-hmm. but the prices for it over here are so crazy for a three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand school. it might be similar back home to childcare, but at least like with childcare, you get childcare subsidies. But it's see, we were looking up the equivalent in Australia. You're kind of paying like a Melbourne grammar or a Scotch college or like a premium private school. But for a three-year-old. A three-year-old. And it's mandatory. You can go public here, but it's exclusively French. Yeah. And I don't want him to feel left out with English as well because yeah. we we speak English. I feel like he's he's really ready to learn as well. So, I don't want him to feel that he doesn't understand anything purely because it's French. Yeah. And he will learn uh, – sorry, he will learn French at the international schools. Half the day is in English and half is in French, which I feel like is perfect and so then, that he can still develop those yeah. reading, writing skills in English. But, yeah, it is crazy. I think it's just, like, two more years of of paying that than we anticipated for both boys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hopefully they become tennis stars. Maybe. <laughs> but the other thing is they're really strict with taking holidays. Yeah. You can't just travel and... and Sasha's like, that's fun. <laughs> what do you mean you have to actually attend? <laughs> what do you mean you have to actually attend school? Um, and then already, like, we've got so many different trips planned. Where are we off to next? We've got Copenhagen for Copenhagen Fashion Week. My brother is coming Florence. over to Florence, so we're traveling back there. We are going to Biarritz. Which I'm really excited about, which is on the border of Spain and France, sort of on the other side of San Sebastian. And I feel like Biarritz, I'm really excited to see it. I feel like it's just like a really beautiful coastal town, but I feel like it's probably changed a lot and will become a little bit more of a destination just based on some of the properties that I've seen, some really cool properties that we're staying at. So stay tuned for that. And where else are we going and then potentially Bali. Are we looking that far ahead? Oh, yeah, we are. We are planning Bali in October. And then, oh, we're wondering, do we, we're so close. Like, do we go back to Australia? Do we not go back to Australia? Do we go back to our, um, our storage container and get our dining chairs? Oh, my gosh. So true, right? Can we box it up as a baby <laughs> item <laughs> and travel with our dining chairs? Oh, we have to share this story. Sammy, can we please share the story of, so I think we have, three sets of dining chairs back home in Australia and zero in Paris. But we have a little bit of an addiction to buying vintage dining chairs. So the ones that we were using back in Noosa are vintage 1960s style Mm -hmm. and perfect. Wish that they were here in Paris. I swear we we said bring them to Paris. Paris I think they made a mistake and they weren't here. Then when we were last in LA – we were at Rose Bowl Flea Market, which we love, and we came across these really cool dining chairs. How many? We, did we start with six? We got. We bought six. We bought and paid for six. And what was the story with those? They. So. Oh, we didn't have a car. We didn't have a car, so we Ubered there. So we didn't have a car, so we couldn't take the, <laughs> the story yeah, with the they chairs. Were big. They're what's the design of them? The, I can't even think the, the Pantone. I'll try and find it. Yeah. It's escaped me. They're like solid. Like they're big. Solid. Like they don't collapse or anything. So six of those, we thought they stacked on top of each other, but they don't. Or maybe two do. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe you can do two. So, so we were like, okay, we need three boxes with two chairs. Yeah. And, and because of our level with Qantas at that point, we're like, we can, we almost had like unlimited weight. Yes. We weren't worried about the weight. We were like, we're going to fly. <laughs> we're going to yeah. fly them home. So I think we went off to Palm Springs. Um, for a couple of weeks or something, and then we came back. And I found this, like, pack-and-ship place in Silver Lake that would, like, pick them up for me. And when I went to pick them up, I had to hire this, like, bigger four-wheel drive just to get the two boxes. Bigger. It was like an- An Escalade. It was an Escalade, and they barely fit in the Escalade. Yeah, but when I picked them up, the guy's like, like, what are you planning to do with these? I'm like, we're taking them on our flight. He's like, he was looking at me like, man, you should have just paid us to ship them. For you. And as I later worked out when we got to the check-in desk. Oh, my God. So, the story of the packing. So, when you try and save a little bit of money and don't do it properly, and I think just the guys that sold the chairs said that they would pack them. They packed them and they covered them. In these, like, heavy quilts. Really heavy quilts and so much packaging. So, when we got to the counter, what did they weigh? I'm going like, to say, like, each box was, like, 40 kilos or something no, ridiculous. It was more, I was in the 50s. So, we had two boxes with three chairs in each. Yeah. 
and they were like 50, 60 kilos. Well, like the baby items, they're definitely they're baby like, items. You can have them, but the max per item is 32 kilos. 32 kilos. So they said we could travel with our chairs and I was pregnant. Atlas was how old? Two at the time. Mm-hmm. He was being so good it in his amazing, stroller. But this was like pre an LA Sydney flight, which is like 16 hours. Yeah. And I reckon, so then we were like, we have to repack these chairs. Oh my gosh, because we were like, the damn chairs, but they were like, just open it up. Can you take some things out? We're like, no, we can't open not them up. Not in front of you. we can't open them up. They're definitely not baby items. And so we're like, okay, we'll be back. And so we run like to the other side of the airport. I'm there like wheeling all the bags and the pram and Sammy's there with these bloody... Trying to get a knife off someone in the airport as well. Like, yeah. That's, that's impossible. You can't get a knife or anything to cut into... The boxes. So I think we got these like really blunt scissors from someone. Yeah. And then we had to repackage. So we had to try to find sticky tape as well. It was crazy. And then it, the chairs were so heavy and so packed so tightly that you could barely get the chairs out of the mm-hmm. box. And Sammy by this stage is like hacking into the <laughs> box with the scissors. Like, come on, come on. We're going to miss our flight over these damn chairs. In the end, we got two of them free, got rid of all the quilts and everything, tried to like sticky tape the boxes back up and we had to leave sadly leave two chairs behind <laughs> at LAX and at LAX somewhere oh my Someone gosh, going through LAX these really yeah. amazing vintage chairs that were not cheap and I'm messaging friends going do you guys want these chairs come to LAX they're right there they're by the entrance someone come and please pick up these chairs and have them I don't know what happened to the chairs sure like what would someone do at LAX with them They'd be like, these are chairs. And I, I reckon they're still there. And, like, people just assume yeah, that they're the they're airport chairs. There. Well, they would sort of suit the vibe because they're that yeah, old and yeah. maybe, yeah, vintage chairs. Oh, dear. But that was the funny bit as well was oh. back as we landed in Sydney, then we needed to drive from Sydney back home in Shinusa. So, gosh, so where – what – Hang on, so this was all COVID time. So we were one of the very first – I think we were the first or the second flight that left. So we were living in – Noosa. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm getting confused. Living in Noosa, we had to fly out of Sydney. They were the only flights to LA at the time, just like with this short window with COVID. And so then we had to come back to Sydney and we had two weeks. Where you couldn't leave Sydney or we couldn't get into Queensland until we'd done two weeks in Sydney. I think it was like we had to do, what was it, five days self-isolating or three days or yeah, something. We did about 10 tests, I feel like. In, like we did so many LAX COVID tests. Test on land. Then we had to stay in Sydney and self-isolate, and then we couldn't cross the border yep. until two weeks. Um, and then we had our car because we drove down. Oh, no. This was around Christmas time. So we drove from Noosa. The plan was to drive our car from Noosa to Barwon Heads in Victoria We're for Christmas. <laughs> Sammy, so we had packed the car full of golf clubs and (laughs) fun things for Christmas and I think like extra bags of clothes and like all sorts of things. So we arrive, hang on, by this point, yes, Sydney, we arrive in Sydney, open our car. packed already, like full. And we've got to finish. We have to. (laughs) 
I can't leave oh, at Sydney. Gosh. And then we had all the packaging, so that was another whole thing and we were trying to make room. And then you wanted to get a Christmas tree and we worried we would miss out on a Christmas tree, so we put a Christmas tree. I was so worried about the Christmas tree. Oh, my gosh, that year with the Christmas tree. Um, we had a job to do with a Christmas tree base and so we needed a Christmas tree. So we got one in Sydney and then I think for some reason we were driving back home I think we decided after the two weeks in Sydney that we're like, we need to go home and like just decompress. For like yes, not months. drive to Melbourne. So yeah. we changed the plans. We like changing plans. Yeah. Um, so then we decided that we wanted to drive back home to Noosa, empty the car, have maybe a couple of days in Noosa yeah. and then fly to Melbourne for Christmas instead of driving all of that way. Good, good idea. Good plan. It should have been the plan from the start. Yeah. And then we had this Christmas tree. And I'm like, no, it's really hard to find a Christmas tree up in Noosa. They were everywhere in Sydney. So we, and it was a fresh Christmas tree. It was only a couple of days old. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we have to keep the Christmas tree. Of course, it would not fit. Poor Atlas in the back. Poor <laughs> Atlas in the back. So <laughs> yeah, we had no the vintage chest. Yeah, Atlas is there in his car seat. And we had too much luggage. And, of course, the tree did not fit. So we left it on the side of the road. What was that, the doorbell? Right. It was a delivery at the door. Um, Christmas tree. So we left the Christmas tree on the side of the road and then we're still going back and forth with the house. Where were we staying? Bondi. Yep. And we came back out, just grabbing some bags quickly, came back out and the Christmas tree had already been taken. It had been stolen. No, no. <laughs> we planned to leave it for somebody to take, but yeah. man, they were quick. They were. They were so fast. Like, this is a fresh Christmas tree before Christmas. <laughs> it's not Boxing Day. <laughs> it was like two minutes and the Christmas tree was yep. gone. Those Bondi. They're quick. Going off tangent, random stories. We have so many random yeah, travel stories. <laughs> we'll gradually share all our adventures. Um, we do some crazy things oh, sometimes. Four of the six chairs. Oh, yes. Possession still. So we still cool. have. So that's a whole other set of dining chairs that is not with us in Paris, but still back home in Queensland. Yeah. I think that wraps us up for this week. It was good to chat again. Yeah. It was really good. We've been meaning to record for so long. Sammy actually lost his voice. You've been sick for a little while now. Atlas is doing a holiday program at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Atlas is sick, Ocean's sick, Sammy's sick. You have touch wood, touch wood. Yeah. I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But I've had so many beautiful messages saying, when is it back? And also, I've had such an outpouring of support for the last episode. Yep. Speaking about our... our Angel baby and our loss. And I just want to say a huge thank you. You guys have helped me so much. More than I can ever say. Like it was just, it was such a rough time and I was crying through all of your messages. But it was so nice to know that I wasn't alone. And I think you really helped take away that guilt as well. Just hearing how many people have gone through miscarriages, multiple miscarriages, and also recently as well. And so we were sort of like in it together and sharing sharing our experiences. And yeah, I just, I can't thank you enough for just opening up with me and sharing your support and yeah, just being there for me in my healing journey. Time has definitely helped. Talking about it has absolutely helped. I'm so glad I opened up. And I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. We're going to try again. Yeah. I feel like I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm in a good, good place at the moment. So. That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's always fun to chat to you guys. And we will be back soon. X marks. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back soon. Yeah. Sharing more adventures. And, um, but on that, I think if you do want to know when the next episode drops, subscribe by Spotify. Well, that's a good idea. So I think that's the best way you'll know instantly what's the next episode. (laughs) We have a new episode. Yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. We will talk soon. Bon voyage. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.